this episode is working in technology management, and so it's been really fun. Um, before we started recording, just kind of having brief conversations about technology today, and um, it's just been crazy. You know, it's part of your life, right? Like if you lose your phone for even a hot second, you know, what do you do, right? Your heart starts elevating, and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? But then also how technology is impacting our kids. And, you know, now Chromebooks are moving into schools and it's just, you know, kids are, the cell phone is native to them, right? Where it was new for us and it was exciting. And so I just kind of want to go around and have, you know, you introduce yourselves and then just we'll get the conversation started about technology and our life with dealing with technology and kids and healthy management and what we experience in our own life. Hi, uh, thanks for having me, Michelle. I'm Dr. Kirsten Kazarian. I'm a child psychologist. Um, I am a mindful parenting expert and the owner of Napa and Folsom Child Wellness. Thanks. And at this point for the podcast, I'm just going to say Dr. K from now on. Do it. That's how I on my podcast. I think we're comfortable enough now. And (laughs) well, also because I can see you hesitating to say my name, but then it's nice for people just listening to know who you're talking to. So it's good. Yes. Okay, I'm Karen, and I am a mom. I have five children, ages 17 down to four. So this is a hot topic in my home. I'm glad to be. And so something before the show we were talking about is just how far technology has come, right? And we were talking about how you had given your son, you know, an iPod 10 years ago is not the iPod today. And it's funny because we have a couple friends. My daughter is um, eight, and they're starting to get iPods. And I'm like, absolutely not. That scares me. Like, what what's on that iPod? And so I would love for you to just kind of talk about your experience from the age ranges and how that dynamic plays in your family. Well, it's been interesting because when my daughter, my daughter is the oldest, she's 17, and when she was, I'm not even sure how old she was. Anyway, we got her an iPod. That's what all of her friends were getting. We upgraded our phones and gave her our old phone when she was probably 12 or 13. And Was that the Razor back then? Remember the Razor phones? I, you know iPhones used to I always have this great Morris updating phone. system. Yeah, like I always remember the Zach Morris phone, and it was like, yeah, like awesome, you know. Oh, and then it went to the Razor that. phone. I had a pink <laughs> Razor, and that's going down in history. Like I love that phone, and now I'm like, it is. There's just so much out there to, ex- you know, to access. So, well, the younger kids have watched the older kids get involved in technology and have the expectation that they will have the same privileges. And now that I can see. Not only how it's evolved, but the effects on my older kids and their struggles with managing their time. I'm reluctant to, for my younger kids to dive into that. And I find our family rules kind of changing, especially depending on the personality of the child. And I just, I'm not anxious for them to dive in. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But then in your experience, you know, what do you... You know, what is your take on technology and the family and things like that? Because for me, I, you know, I'm, I'm addicted to my phone and I'm always mm-hmm. looking at what are people doing on Instagram and Facebook and I, texting is my number one, you know, thing that I want to do. Um, and now I see my kids wanting to, oh, take a picture of me. Did you put it on Instagram? I'm going, oh, my gosh, what kind of monster am I creating? You know, so Absolutely. love your perspective. Well, this is like the conversation that we're always having and never having in a way. Um, 
even you know in in real life outside you know talking to other parents or in the office when I see families um, it's like we'll go on we'll be talking about an issue and then I might say you guys how are we doing with technology right now mm-hmm. and then it's like oh, okay well do you, how much time do we have left because that's actually a huge issue and it may be really be connected to what's going on so we're aware but it's also so seamlessly part of our day <laughs> and right. we're not quite sure we're ready to engage and like really look at it but i do have a few tips for parents just to, for taking those steps those brave brave steps of looking at your basically technology hygiene in your family a lot of parents will ask me is it good or bad based on this age should they be doing this or should they be doing that so academy of pediatrics has recommendations you know um Definitely kids under 18 months really don't need to see a screen at all, um, other than maybe saying hello to a grandparent or somebody on FaceTime. Um, And kids two to five, I mean, we should really be watching what they're watching, but I know that sometimes it ends up being kind of a babysitter. So watching what they're watching, making sure it's really high quality, as much as um, participation with them when that's going on, and no more than an hour, which when I'm working with families, they'll say, okay, yeah, right, that's really hard. So I take a mindfulness approach to almost every type of parenting because sometimes if we cannot meet those hard, fast rules, we start to get a little stressed out. And then we shut down and we just don't even deal with it. And so a way to look at this from a mindful parenting perspective is just to make a commitment to yourself that you're not going to judge yourself and shame yourself if you're not meeting all of these exact rules and recommendations. And that's a really good place to start for honesty with yourself, right? Like if you were not where you wanted to be with your fitness routine, beating yourself up about that's not going to help you get to where you do want to be. So taking some time to yourself and thinking about what are the pros and cons to my child's screen time? And it may seem weird to even think, are there really pros to my child's screen time? But what are you or they getting out of them being in, in you know, engaging in technology? I'm just going to call it generally screen time. Um, because something is, if it's happening regularly, there's something they are getting out of it and something that maybe you're getting out of it in order for you to allow that to continue. It's interesting that you talk about this because a group of friends of ours, we were talking about TGIF growing up. And I feel like I was a pretty much an only child. And I feel like I was raised in front of the TV. And we were joking one day. I'm like, you know, I was watching, you know, I couldn't watch this. I couldn't watch this. But my mom was okay with Murder, She Wrote or like Touched by an Angel or all these, you know. And I'm, I'm going, gosh, like, why was that okay? I mean, I grew up watching what was on TGIF it was Full House you know Mm -hmm. it was um what was that one guy Steve Urkel Mm -hmm. you know and all those things and I'm like I'm okay like Mm -hmm. I I grew up okay so what you know what is that happy medium and but I also think that some of the shows that are on television now that are age appropriate aren't Right, like there'll be things that we catch that I'm like, wait a second, what are you watching? Like, <laughs> right? I it was this horse show, but it doesn't sound like that's appropriate, you know. Mm-hmm. And 
it it is one of those things too. Even you know, not to skip around, but when you're out to dinner and your kids like having a meltdown, and you're just like, here's the phone, mm-hmm. just do something because I just need to eat, mm-hmm. right? Like we all can relate to that, and so. Um, it, it's hard to say what the pros or cons are in that moment. Right. And so you're being really honest. You're describing, like, there's some pros in that situation, which right. is we get to eat. The, you know, my child doesn't have a meltdown. We get to stay at the restaurant. So I think that's the best place to start is just looking at it with reality. It's it's difficult, too, because I do hear that argument, like, okay, so we watch TV as kids. Right. But even in such a different way, right? So we didn't get to just choose and flip through. Like, think about that experience. Whatever was on, you talked about Steve Urkel. If Family Matters was on, it was like that was what was on, and there probably weren't that many other channels that had stuff for you that you were interested in. So you maybe had three choices, maybe had four choices. And when when Family Matters was over, it was just like over. You didn't just get to keep going. So there's all these other pieces for executive functioning, you know, how we um, make decisions and shift our attention that um, we got to practice that they're not even having. They just get to run right through it if we let them. So even the way that if we just keep it to TV that they're watching it with Netflix, YouTube, all of those things, it's a, it's a different way to consume, right? It's faster and it's like it's never ending. I had a client say the funniest thing to me. She goes, I think our son got to the end of the internet. Like he's even bored. And I thought that was just the <laughs> funniest approach. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to have humor and doing the hard work of, of looking at it and talking about it in session. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. yeah. So right now, because all of my children are within my bubble mm-hmm. and I can be the one that says, okay, it's time for balance. We need to like turn off the TV or turn off our screens and like go do something else, right? I'm the one in charge of that. I know some families have um, a a device of some kind that helps them to regulate the time, right? My concern is teaching my children to Mm self-regulate. How do they become more aware of when enough is enough? And when they have crossed that line to where... Like I can see when when I'm kind of off my game and I'm using screen time more as a TV babysitter type situation, there's a lot more tension in my home. There's more arguing, more whining. They're just mm-hmm. not their best selves. And I can see the same in me. But I'm self-reflective by nature, right. and I know when enough is enough. So whether or not I do the hard thing and distance myself from it for a while, right. that's... I don't know that our children are learning that skill. How do you teach it? You make it an intention of your parenting, and you say, okay, I want to teach this. You know, in the same way that our children don't necessarily know how to feed themselves or take care of themselves in any other way, and at first we kind of do that for them, then we model it and show them step-by-step how to do it, and so... One of the ways is to have these conversations with them regularly. Um, one of the the things that I was going to suggest that we do is is look at their behavior, which you talked about when they're watching TV or when they're on screens and when they're not. And um, labeling or describing, I'm a big labeler describer, you know, just um, telling them, hey, I noticed that when we turn the TV off, you got so upset. 
and without judgment, but helping them by you doing that, you're helping them connect so that they will eventually be self-reflective. So do you ask them to identify themselves or do you identify, because I'm concerned that that would sound like judgment, mm-hmm. in which case there's going to be more... So it depends on, I always say go with your parenting gut. A lot depends there. For a little kid, that's how we teach them about emotions. Yeah. We describe, you look you look worried right now. What's going on? You look scared. Um, wow, they took your toy and you look upset. So we're going to apply that in the same way but with the screens or you're having trouble like it looks like you you know you wanted to play with your sister outside she didn't want to play with you and you told me you're bored and so now you're asking to watch tv and so just describing like for them when you're bored you ask me to watch tv taking what's happening and just putting words on it so that they do start to connect now if you have a temperament of a slightly more stubborn child or an older child and they do not want you to tell them how they feel then you could you know, use something that feels authentic to you in your relationship, but help them notice, you know, you're, you're furrowing your brow. You won't look at me. I wonder if you're upset right now. And I wonder if it's because I told you you can't watch TV. How are you feeling? Um, so you, yeah, definitely if you have that kid that doesn't want to be told how, how they feel, that's really important. And, and I always say, you know, go with your parent gut for sure. Um, all of this stuff, it needs to be flexible because it needs to fit your kid. Um, and so, but I think connecting for them and in, in therapy, we talk a lot about tech use. We talk about when somebody's in their favorite sport and they have practice every week, they are just not as interested. Actually, you know, kids that are versed in talking about their tech use will say, I wasn't bored. I didn't need to watch any shows, you know. And so that is basically how we internalize that self-regulation you're talking about and thinking about how, how do you feel before and after. And that's one of the other pieces we'll talk about. Um, with little kids, having a little chart that has feelings on it is something that's really useful no matter what. But also... You could do an experiment where you ask them to check in on their feelings before they watch a show and after. That's a really big one for teens who think they want to be on social media all the time. And then if they start practicing that, realize like through journaling exercises or something, they feel pretty cruddy after they have been on social media for 20 minutes. So doesn't actually do that and engage in that and then teaching them through that process. If that does not make, make you feel good, then why are you? But it's so addicting, right? Like I, sometimes I catch myself and I'm like, I'm not, I don't even know what I've looked at for the last 20 minutes, but I'm catching myself scroll. Right. Why? What did I, what was I doing? Like well, I have no idea. And I would say that it, it is our brain gets used to that and we want more of it. So in the same way that you don't have a candy store in your kitchen, you you know you make dinner for your children when they're young and you put on their plate stuff that you want them to eat. Now when they go away to college, we're not sure exactly how they're going to eat, but they have a leg up if they've ate a certain way for the first 18 years of their life. And so parents are allowed to say no and set limits um, and make their children uncomfortable for, you know, which watch it, it will go away eventually um, if you stick with it. We are allowed to limit because they're not going to do it themselves. But if they have had years and years and years of experience and filling their day with other things, that's a big piece we'll want to talk about too, um, then they 
are going to be more used to it. And when they go away and have to self-regulate, um, they'll have had that experience of, of less screen time. It will be uh, less of their identity and less of their habit. Basically, it's habits, right? Right. Well, and it's interesting when you're talking, I love your perspective, is, you know, a lot of times even... We've talked about modeling as a you know parent, and mm-hmm. um, a lot of times at the end of the day, like I'm just tired and I want to watch some numb mind. Like right. I don't want to think, but I want to watch something so I don't have to think, mm-hmm. right? Because reading, I'm gonna have to think, or I'm gonna you know like to have a conversation, I'm gonna have to think, but I'm not tired just yet. And so I watch a show, and what I'm finding with the summer is that my kids are wanting to watch a show mm-hmm. before they go to bed, and it's like. How am I going to break them from this? Like, because I do feel relaxed, and then I turn off the show and I go to bed. So, is it bad? Is it bad that they're watching a show before bed? Because I can read all these articles about parenting, and they're like, you shouldn't do that, and that's bad, and you should read books. But like, I don't know, you know. Well, so you you look at and you can answer that for yourself through you know are your children falling asleep i think that's the big concern with those articles is you know the the screen will kind of alert our brain in a way where it's harder to sleep so if you do have a child who's having sleep difficulties that might be something you look at but if your kids are watching a show with you before bed and then they zonk out and they sleep well through the night then that might not be a concern for you you know this stuff can be flexible and it's really only going to work if it's flexible um and, uh, you know, the, the other thing I think that you're touching on is looking at what else happened. That's what I'm always curious about. What else happened in their day? Did they get to be in the sunshine? Did they yeah. get to run around? Did they talk with friends in real life? Did they create something or did they just consume media all day? If they did all that other stuff, that's different than a kid who didn't get those opportunities and watched a bunch of TV. So um, really it's kind of like if you put a dessert on a kid's plate, but you want to look at the nutrition for the rest of the day. That's, you know, did they have dessert, 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 or didn't eat? Or, you know, was it a really, really nutritious day and this is not going to negatively impact them so bad? Right. One of the things that I've been thinking about recently is because I have a friend who's, Um, son struggles with anxiety and depression. And I know for myself that um, I use technology to keep myself company when I'm lonely. Right. And I use technology often when I'm depressed and it doesn't work well for me. It makes me more isolated. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes as I watch my kids and the friends of my children, like I said, varying ages... I can see them turning to technology to numb and when they're bored and there are I'm I'm concerned about my children because they're they're coming up to the ages where they're going to be leaving my bubble, right? right. How do I let's see, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question. How do I guide them to see that there is an alternative, right. a better alternative, that, or to recognize that? Because they will say, well, I'm texting my friends, so, or I'm looking at someone's Instagram feed, and they think that they're connected, but it's not the same, like you said, right. to, as, as having a real conversation or an interaction or being with a friend. It's different when I'm texting a friend than when somebody invites me to lunch and changes the mood of my day. Right. 
So because, like you said, I love the word that you used, this is native to them. Right. How do we help them to see (laughs) that it's different? So you're bringing up um, one of, I think, the most important pieces, which is looking at, for each kid, it's different. Why are they using screen time? You know, um, so some of the examples I'll give parents is because maybe we need a break, so maybe there's a lot of stress in the house, um, or, you know, we just need to re- shift our routine if it's not working for all of us. Um, it, maybe they aren't connecting with their friends in a way that feels like they're gaining... Um, the benefits you're talking about of social social connection and so they're connecting with people online and that that feels easier and so we can slow down and i think instead of saying okay we're going to stop what you're doing because that can kind of come across as shaming um and they may not be ready for that but just to to notice if you're doing this work as the parent and noticing like i'm kind of wondering if they could carry on a friendship outside in the real world you know then making sure that you help them plan and um, schedule in their time a lot more face-to-face interaction. So less like, I'm going to attack your favorite thing, which is media online, um, making sure that you're giving them as much experience or uh, helping them as, as you know with the power of mom, however it is in your household, whether it's rewarding them, whether it's praising them, whether it's just scheduling it because that's that you know depending on their age, but making sure that you're encouraging them to be face to face with friends as and much then as possible. I suppose the follow up is the conversation that we were having a minute ago. How did it feel? Like helping them to see the difference. And, you know, now that my my daughter has come through a couple of seasons where she was really stressed and we worked on stress management together, mm. now that she has that emotional intelligence, I can say to her, okay, absolutely, I can see that you're having a hard time. What are some of our tools? Right. And I can, she now has more of the ability to, I, she's learning. It's trickier with my I have four boys. <laughs> it's easy with my daughter. I yeah. wouldn't say easy, but easier because we can talk like that and better. And so, and she may be giving you a response and showing you a behavior that she kind of gets it. And so with the boys, though, I would say still, still talk at them <laughs> and know that it is going somewhere. Um, and still maybe you're going to do more of like the younger child piece where you're going to describe um, or reflect on what you're seeing. Um, but I think, um, also, you know, individualized too. What I think going back to what do you notice with each of them? Because for some, for some of them, it's like they're watching a bunch of TV, but they also have tons of friends and they play sports. You're not worried really about any of this health. And it kind of reminds me of this, what we talked about, like our childhoods more. Right. Um, but So I would just hone in too on like, what is it in my gut that's worrying me about this child in particular's screen time? What is it? And then how do I supplement with what I hope they are getting more of in their life that the screen time's taking away from? So another, um, another thing that you can do is have a family detox from screen time. 
And again, I always say, introduce this in this positive way of like, what are we going to find? What is going to fill our time instead of like, you guys are behaving terrible. And so I'm taking it away because I'm so worried that you're all falling apart. Like, so, you know, being this leader that you wish your boss was at work or whoever and and leading with optimism and excitement and saying, okay, you guys, we are going to do this. It's not a choice. And here's like, it's an experiment. Let's look at and document and please be honest, you know, what was it like to go however many days you think they can make it or you think you can make it? That's the most important thing. How many days you can tolerate it? And then what did we learn? Um, How many days do you think it takes to see a difference? Where would you start? So if they, if they were game, where would you start? They, there's a, a, quite a few awesome books on this. And they really say about two weeks is where you would need to see a difference in behavioral change. Mm-hmm. But I think that kids are amazing. And if we ask them the right questions, even if you just did it for a couple days, they and you engaged them with activities of journaling or conversations about what's going on today. You didn't use screen time here when you typically did. I think that they can be pretty insightful. And we're talking about screen time like watching a show, right? Because to me, if you told me to take my phone away for two days, I would be having, I'd be like in a panic. But it's because, <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be real here. I would, I would be in a panic. And so, because you and I have talked about this before, it's like, yeah, but if you told me to put it away for an hour, maybe I could, you know? And so are we talking to screen time as in watching TV? <laughs> are we talking, like, the texting and the, Michelle, you know? Michelle, like, I, like, I feel like you're worried that I'm coming to your house, and I'm like, so the experiment oh my, starts. Oh, my gosh. I am talking about all screen. Right? But like, maybe it's, I, for me, it was it's what real. I could tell was hardest for me. Like, I stepped away from Facebook a couple of years ago, and... Every once in a while, I will go back because I miss the friends that I could keep in touch with there, mm-hmm. and I can feel how quickly it drags me down. Mm-hmm. But that was that was like my particular thing that I knew I was struggling with. So, I mean, I don't think it's realistic yeah. for any of us to be disconnected from our phones entirely. It's how we communicate. You need it for right. work. We need it to keep in touch with our children. I mean, how and do stuff we work like out that. at the gym? <laughs> <laughs> right, but maybe right. it's. What's the most problematic? Mm-hmm. Would you? I mean, I think well, it matters. Healthy. What? For me, it's what is healthy, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't want to overdo it, but I also want to make sure that, you know, I'm being health. Like it's it's a healthy dose. Well, it's really different. I mean, it really. <laughs> and anyone that's going to hear this is going to know I'm completely addicted to my technology. I'm trying. I'm trying. Well, it is hard because I I work from home like a huge portion of the time. So again, it's like we can't conduct business. It's all become intertwined. Like you guys were speaking to earlier, kids will make the argument, I have to do my homework on this tablet. And and so we all have these excuses. So you could set time limits too. If you don't want to actually set limits with the devices themselves, just limiting the time that the, the devices are open to kind of free use, which, and I think keep it to a couple of days. Yeah, we could ideally have all, all this great change in our brain in two to four weeks, but it, let's start the experiment where it's possible to start, where you would actually buy in to start. And I think you can learn a lot even in a couple of days. Like one of the biggest things um, that I'll talk about with families is what was like really freeing 
about it. You know, we have a lot of hesitancy about it, but what pieces were like, I loved having this part of my day. I want to create a new routine that I didn't even realize I had space for in my day, and I want to create that here. And I want to make sure we have conversations. Um, I don't know how the phones like migrated their way to our dinner table, and now I want to set, you know, I'm not going to take everybody's phones away forever, right. but I want to reset that boundary around this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just an opportunity. Well, it's even f- like catching pictures, not to cut you off, but yeah. it's even like taking pictures, right? I mean, now, before you used to like take your camera and go somewhere and we had a family adventure last weekend that was super fun um loved it loved spending all that time but i was trying to be super cautious of how often because i want to capture those moments right because i'm always like i'm gonna eat i'm gonna lose those moments and then i'm thinking as um i'm taking the picture i'm like great my kids are seeing that i'm using my phone and i'm trying it's this like internal battle because i want to be present in the moment but I want to capture the picture so that we could talk about how fun that trip was and remember when you did X, Y, Z. So it's like, what do you do, you know? Absolutely. And I think just having, I mean, being mindful and being trying to make conscious decisions around this is really all we can do. I know for me, I've been thinking about a fitness watch. And I get, I'll admit, I get slightly annoyed when people are talking to me and then they look down at that little watch. And... I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I, I can't wear it in session. I mean, I can't, you know, I, so I'm kind of trying to be conscious and think about it would be really fun to have this for workouts, but I don't know if I need my technology any physically closer to me than it is right now. And so for everybody, it's different. And I think that's why it's so important to have baseline parenting intentions, right? Like we have intentions for ourselves, but we also have our parenting intentions. And so you're allowed to, to be flexible and make this work for what values you're trying to teach your children and what performance you want to see out of yourself and them and what expectations you have for everybody in your family. So I think something that works really well for a lot of families is like at a certain time of night, they have those devices where the internet for everything shuts down. down. And some people that are super tech savvy know how to shut down everybody but mom and dad stuff. Um, and I think that's that's a nice balanced way, but for everybody it's different. Um, or all the technology goes into mom and dad's room to charge so that nobody has access to it and kids get good sleep. So there's there's a bunch of ideas and playing around and having these conversations with other families, what works for you, talking to your pediatrician, talking to your child's therapist. Um, and I think one thing we haven't touched on though is talking to your kid about, okay, so they are online making sure we're t- discussing with them how to be a safe citizen. That scares me. Um, being really explicit and being aware. Of, you know, some parents will have different monitoring programs, so maybe it's not the technology and the screen itself that's detrimental to your child, but it's who and what they run into online. Um, I'm dealing with, when I'm working with kids, a lot of body image issues based on some really shaming stuff that is getting thrown at teens right now. And honestly, just advertisements and stuff can be pretty terrible for somebody learning about their identity and connecting with their body. Mm-hmm. Um, so making sure that you're just having conversations about how they feel about themselves, what to do if they're bullied online. Um, well, what's the conversation? It's interesting that you talk about this because... I am one of those moms that my kid does. I do not allow them to really go over to people's house without me being there. And it was one time. It was just the one time. I'm like, I have. I can't be like this. Like she's gonna stop, shut down. I need to let her go to a friend's house. I trust this family. They're not gonna have other family members over. They're not gonna have friends over. It's just them. So, 
And um, I said, how was your day? And Or what did you guys do? Like, tell me about it. And she was like, oh, we played a game on the computer. And I, like, freaked out. Just, like, totally stone cold. Because I didn't think to say to the parent, hey, can you make sure that my they don't go on the computer? Mm-hmm. You know? And then to know that the computer was in, a, like, a room and they were in the room with the door closed. I was, so, I, you know, I started, like, having all this, like, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. And so I had to be calm because I didn't want to worry my daughter, right? Because then she won't tell me things. So I literally was like, so what did you, what did you do? Like, how was it? Would I have liked it? What's going on? And then I tried to have, I need to be coached through, like, how do you, how do you talk to them about what's appropriate and not, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about an eight-year-old, so it's different between eight and 17, but it's like, how do I have that conversation mm-hmm. to coach them? There's tricky people online. There's, there's content that you shouldn't be seeing. Like, what do you do? Right. Or, hey... Because I can't say, hey, I don't want you to ever go on a computer at your friend's house. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. And I think, you know, so developmentally for each age, we're, we usually are having these conversations already about being a kind citizen and being respectful and being respected. We're having that in their day-to-day. And so just taking that and thinking about online. So a lot of times parents want to know exactly what to say. Um, and we spoke about this when we were talking about um, traumatic events with kids. And I think listening, I just go back to listening because we can kind of twist ourselves in a pretzel if we want to know exactly um, the right answer and we want to have this kind of bullet point thing for them. But often they're like, whoa, 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 I didn't, yeah. even, I didn't right. even know that existed. And I actually didn't want to know that. I, I just, this is actually where I'm coming at with it. So first, I think slowing yourself down. I love what you did because it's so true. When we're just curious and non-judgmental, that's when we're going to keep that information coming to us that we need, right? To keep them safe and to make sure that we're able to communicate our values and to make sure that we're able to show them this is what you do next time. You know, thanks so much for coming to me. Um, but also, I always think, like, look through some books. I always think that's the best way to, like, give your, if you're a preparer, there's books on all of this. There's books on, like, what to do, um, how to keep your body safe, how to keep yourself safe online, what to do if you're bullied. And so I think, like, going through some of that material and using, like, um, parents will always ask me, I want to know exactly what to say. So so get some language from, you know, find a few, find and, and hodgepodge the language you like best and start having those conversations or just reading the books if you're kind of anxious about it because that's exactly what they're written for. And then you can find something that's developmentally appropriate. But, yeah, start asking them about this. Um, and aggression and violence is another thing we haven't really touched on yet. But if you are noticing that in your child, talking about the difference between real life and what can happen and consequences for people hurting each other physically and what they're seeing online. That's been awesome. So um, we're going to close, and I just want us to do, you know, have a takeaway. Like, what did you take away from this? Um, what can you provide the listeners um, as a takeaway? And for me, these podcasts are intended for people to just, if you can take away one little thing and implement that in your life and make your life, you know, better or enhance it in some way, then we won the day. So starting with you. <laughs> um, it seems to me like... The most important thing in my family is going to be maintaining good communication, being able to talk to my children and so that no matter what comes up, 
we have a way to address it, whether I'm teaching them or whether they're coming to me with a problem. Mm-hmm. That it's going to be important for them to trust me with those problems because I respond calmly and mm-hmm. I'm their ally. They need to know that. Mm-hmm. So if I'm helping them um, to navigate the situation, it will feel better than, Im- than if they feel like I'm like the helicopter mm-hmm. parent that won't let them have any fun or freedom. I think for me, I'm going to try and put my phone away. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that Um, coming. (laughs) uh, But also, I want my family and my friends to hold me accountable, right? You said, you're going to do this. You need to do it and call me out on it because, you know, it's hard. And we're in a fast-changing world and a lot of stuff going on all the time. And so I think that's what I'm going to try and and see if I can accomplish. And people hold me to it. So we'll And I would say for parents, you know, don't be intimidated. Just start anywhere with this topic. Um, Think about it a little bit each day. Don't feel like you have to solve this problem. I don't think it's totally solvable yet. You know, I don't think we have all the answers to this. So just focus on your family, what works for you, and how you feel it is affecting your children. And kind of ignore the other noise and... um, Just give it a little bit of time, get brave, and jump in with it. Well, thank you. Thank Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in to Work In with California Family Fitness. This episode has been packed with great information. Check out the show notes at thedaily.californiafamilyfitness.com forward slash podcast, where we will include links and resources that were mentioned during our conversation today. And if you are enjoying the discussion today, please make sure to like and share the Work In podcast on our YouTube channel and other podcast distribution.